Nathaniel Hackett gets hired in Denver, leaving the Packers to answer a slew of questions about what comes next. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Bob. Every day. Touchdown. We're locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. The Green Bay Packers are losing their offensive coordinator and probably more. Nathaniel Hackett is the new head coach for the Denver Broncos, and it sounds like he intends to take Adam Stenovich, the Packers offensive line coach, along with him at least. Who knows what other, you know, they could be poaching grad assistants, um, I guess not grad assistants, quality control coaches, they're grad assistants in college, um, and, and some of those lower level guys they could be promoting if they wanted to, if the Packers, they, they can block some of those moves if you're not going to be a bona fide coordinator. But Matt LaFleur has signaled that, hey, look, we don't want to we don't want to stop these guys from from getting promoted. So they're going to have to have a plan. He was asked, Matt LaFleur was, at the beginning of the week, if that plan included hiring internally. He said it did. So we expect that if Adam Stenovich is in fact poached and Nathaniel Hackett is in fact poached, that Luke Getze will be first in line to be the new offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers and that you have options after that. If Green Bay wants to uh, promote Luke Butkus into that full-time offensive line job, they certainly could. They could also just swap offensive line coaches. Mike Munchak was the coach of that offensive line in Denver, one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. He is the gold standard at that position and now needs a job. Could that be a move that they make? Not out of the realm of possibility. And then if you promote Luke Getze, then what do you do at quarterback coach? How do you fill that void? That's something that Green Bay is going to have to figure out in the coming days and weeks. And if you missed our show yesterday with uh, Jason Hershorn, America's guest, my co-founder at The Leap, we talked about some of those options. Liam Cohen from um, Kentucky, uh, Joe Brady, formerly of LSU in Carolina as options. And there could be some off-the-board options that we're not even thinking of. The Packers are going to have to deal with this flux. And this is something that Mike McCarthy had to deal with. He lost Joe Philbin and had to replace him. And they went through a number of offensive coordinators and key offensive coaches. Could a return of Alex Van Pelt be on the table? You know, Ben McAdoo is now the offensive coordinator in Carolina. We saw a lot of those guys in Green Bay while Aaron Rodgers was there with Mike McCarthy get opportunities elsewhere. Elsewhere, It was only a matter of time before these, these guys, Nathaniel Hackett namely, will get an opportunity. And as Jason has been on from the jump in Green Bay, Luke Getze was probably going to be one of these guys to get that opportunity sooner or later too. And if Luke Getze gets this OC job 
and Aaron Rodgers comes back or Jordan Love comes in and plays well early on, he's going to be a trendy head coaching candidate sooner than later. And in fact, interviewed for this head coaching job. So this is something that teams don't talk about enough that we don't talk about with coaches or players or cultures. We talk about how you handle adversity, overcoming it, these obstacles that you face. But how do you handle success? Because success can create its own kind of adversity. The Packers have had enough offensive success that people are going to come calling. Okay, now that's creating adversity because you have a hole to fill. It means that you were so good and you had coaches that were so good that other people wanted them to, to bring them to their organization and make them the tip of the spear there to lead their group. Okay, but now you're losing leaders in your own locker room. How do you backfill that void? And how do you plan for the future in that way? Because this is something that presumably will keep happening. Sean McVay has had his OC poached like it seems like the eighth year in a row. Not really. He hasn't been in L.A. that long. But Matt LaFleur went from OC in L.A. to Tennessee to a head coaching position. One of the other finalists in Denver, Kevin O'Connell, was Sean McVay's OC. Or is Sean McVay's OC? Zach Taylor is the head coach in Cincinnati. He's had to deal with the brain drain. Kyle Shanahan has had to deal with the brain drain. He lost Mike LaFleur. And he promoted Mike McDaniel, who is now a trendy candidate. He lost Robert Sala. And he found D'Amico Ryans. And that has been a coup for the 49ers. The special teams... Coaching picks from out the floor, not great so far. Although they originally did want Darren Rizzi, lowballed him, and, and he moved on. We know that. Joe Barry, I mean, I guess you could go back to Mike Patton and say, okay, uh, was that a smart move? I actually think it was the continuity there. I liked it. I advocated for it on the show. It didn't work out after two years. It was the right thing to move on. They bring in Joe Barry. Now, the guy that is apparently going to be the defensive coordinator in Denver, now a hero Evero from LA, Nathaniel Hackett's best friend. Matt LaFleur didn't hire that guy. That was the guy that I advocated for on this show. They got Joe Barry instead. I don't think Joe Barry was a bad hire, but Evero might have been, we'll see, a better one. So how much faith do you have in Matt LaFleur to make these decisions? Well, Kyle Shanahan blocked him from making the call on his own flesh and blood, his own brother. And he decided to hire Nathaniel Hackett. That turned out to be a very, very good decision. Rather than keeping James Campen in place, a decision that I questioned, a decision that Jason Hirshhorn questioned, we questioned it together on this show, turned out to be a great decision. Adam Stenovich, now an offensive coordinator in the NFL because he's been so good as an offensive line coach. He hired Luke Getze to come in, and he is now looking like he's in line to be the OC here. And he's getting head coaching buzz. 
So at the very least, we should have at least some faith that Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing when it comes to offensive coaches. Defense, we'll see. And remember, the number one guy the Packers wanted to be their DC last offseason was Jim Leonard, and Jim Leonard turned the job down. So I, I don't think we should be like, oh, well, he can't figure it out. No. And and I want to I want to bring that up for this reason. I don't think we should assume that the only guys who could get these jobs are NFL coaches. Jim Leonard and Matt LaFleur were not best friends. They didn't have some longstanding history. Jim Leonard is not an NFL coach. He's a college coach with only loose connections to Matt LaFleur. Nathaniel Hackett, same kind of thing. Now, he was an NFL coach, but it wasn't like he and Matt LaFleur were boys that they'd spent years on staff together and you're just going to hire the guy you worked with. It's not a proximity thing. Oh, I'm just going to hire that guy. No. They went out, they being the Packers, and hired the guy that they thought was the best fit. So now, okay, you promote Luke Getze, that's that's an option. Or you go out and you find the best candidate that you can find. And I think we at least should have faith that what Matt LaFleur is going to do is turn over every stone to find the best candidates, not just the candidates that he knows. That he is willing to think at least a little bit outside the box. And that is something that, while not inherently valuable, I think not not constricting your talent pool is, in a way, inherently valuable because you're, you're opening your mind to these other things. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to make a better decision. It doesn't mean that you are going to find the best candidate. But you're not starting from the point of, I'm not considering these guys because they're X or Y or Z. Luke Getze, college coach. Now, NFL coach before that, but still. So this is why the names like Liam Cohen and, and Joe Brady, who was just an NFL coach coach for, for one year, OC. Did you hear the Wisconsin come out there for a second? Coach. Wow. Oofta. Um, I, I think that that those names could very much be in play. And, and maybe Matt LaFleur can convince someone, especially if Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. And that's going to be a big part of this deal. If Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, People are going to be lining up to be a part of this because you hit your wagons to Aaron Rodgers. They come out, they have another good year, and all of a sudden, you're pulling a Nathaniel Hackett, you're pulling a Luke Getze, you're pulling an Adam Stenovich, and now you're having an opportunity. And that's not just the case for an offensive coordinator position. That could also be the case for a quarterback's coach. Or, you know, if you if you make some promotions, a, a tight ends coach, assistant offensive line coach, even, even a QC all of a sudden, there is a succession plan here. And if you are a coach like Matt LaFleur who's going to churn out these guys, people are going to want to come work for you. People want to go work for Sean McVay because they know he can make them a king. That stuff matters when you're trying to find the best candidates. Because someone who may not have wanted to leave their situation may go, hmm, maybe that's a better situation for me. We're going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers part of this enough I don't want to dig into that right now. We are going to take questions in a little bit. I'm going to answer some of those. And the last part of our show today is going to be our NFC 
uh, championship game and AFC championship game preview from Locked On Now, which you can subscribe to in your feed. It is a, a terrific show. I'm I'm on it um, regularly. Check that out. Um, somewhat similar to what I do over at Locked On today, um, but it is it is actually more different kinds of voices from around the Locked On podcast network. So we'll have that coming up at the end of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Get Upside. GetUpside is a chance for you to get paid to do something you were already going to do anyway. My listeners are earning cash back for every time they fill up. You're going to fill up anyway. You have to put gas in your tank. Why not make some money off of it too? Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the free app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN for up to 25 cents or more per gallon on your first tank. And you can take the money out anytime. Put it in your bank account, Amazon, uh, gift card, PayPal, whatever you want, and get that back cash back. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN up to 25 cents cash back per gallon. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march toward the Super Bowl. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of your sports wagering action in 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, boxing. Boxing and UFC right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen of the day. I'm getting messages now from people that are like, hey, love the show. It's my first listen every day. We love that. I wake up every morning with my son and my wife. She sends him into the room and we go downstairs, I make coffee, and it's great. And then I then I throw on a podcast, basically as soon as I can, as soon as I get a free minute to breathe. And it's, it is a great way to start your morning. So thank you for starting your morning with us. All right, let's get to some questions here. I said this was going to be a mailbag show. It is. It will be an, an abbreviated mailbag show, but still a mailbag show nonetheless. A couple interesting questions for me. All right, this is from Jason in Georgetown, Kentucky. Hey, Peter, man, how you doing? This is Jason down here in Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, I just wanted to pick your brain and get your thoughts on a couple of trade proposals for uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'm thinking about some teams, and we've heard about the Raiders and the Broncos quite a bit, but I was also wondering what your thoughts were on potential trades to the Colts, Miami Dolphins, Steelers or the Carolina Panthers and what kind of returns we may be looking at getting besides draft picks. So I'm sure that'd be the foundational, um, you know, asset that we'd be looking for. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Take care. So this is where I think the conversations are going to start with Aaron Rodgers. It is three first round picks and stuff. That's the starting point. And if you're going to add blue chip assets, the compensation can be knocked down a little bit. So let's let's the, the most common one is Denver is that I've heard is like two first round picks, Jerry Judy and another player and a second, maybe three firsts, three firsts and a player. That's where we're starting. That is 
baseline minimum. So if you don't have a, a blue chipper or a potential blue chipper on a rookie deal that you can give that is appealing to Green Bay, we don't have a deal plus the picks. So the Colts, for example, they're in on Carson Wentz. They've already dealt their first round pick. I, why, why do you want that? You, they can't give you a first round pick this year. So unless you're giving up like DeForest Buckner's too expensive, can't deal with that. Are, are you going to give up? I mean, you're looking at a situation where Michael Pittman, for example, it's not getting it done. I mean, he's a nice player, but he's basically souped up Alan Lazard. Now, are you going to give up him plus Darius Leonard? No, you're not. Kenny Moore? No, probably not. And so I, it's just one of those things where I just don't see what the pieces are that a team like Indianapolis could give up. It's it's a nice idea because of their need at quarterback and their, their ability to compete. But that one doesn't make sense to me. Now, Miami... Is Jalen Waddle that appealing to you? Not really to me. He's a gadget player. Are you keeping Devontae Adams? And, that, and that's a big part of this too. So is this all contingent on the idea that you're keeping Devontae Adams? Because then maybe, maybe you want offensive line pieces. Well, Miami has none of those. You want defensive pieces. What does Miami really have to offer there other than... than um, you know, there's some young players that you might like for Miami. Xavier Howard, obviously a very good player. Javon Holland on a rookie deal. He was he was underratedly good last year. Maybe that's appealing to you. A couple first round picks, three first round picks and Javon Holland and Jalen Waddell. I don't know that that really moves the needle for me. Are any of those guys like for sure blue chip players? No. Pittsburgh, I, I don't even want to entertain Pittsburgh. That's not happening. They're not doing it. Like, they're just not doing it. So let's let's not with that one. Um, and Carolina is the, an interesting one because they're not an AFC team, but they kind of might as well be. I don't see Matt Rule doing a deal like that. But if they want to give up multiple firsts and... Really, they have of that group the most appealing uh, draft pick in this class. And they, they are probably the least prepared of, of any of these teams to compete early on with Aaron Rodgers because of what's going on outside of them. But they have the sixth pick in the draft. So if you can do the sixth pick and Jeremy Chin and a first... Is that enough because the sixth pick is almost like two first-round picks? Maybe. Are you keeping Devontae Adams? Can they have DJ Moore? This is the problem with any Aaron Rodgers destination. It's that the, the things that they're going to have to get up to give him, or the, the, the things that they are going to have to give up to get him will make them a significantly worse team for him to try and compete with. So that's the problem that, that you're facing there. I got another Brett Favre question. Brett Favre, goodness gracious. Uh, I got another Aaron Rodgers question. I'm going to save it for the end. 
This is from Clark in Martin's Ferry, and he is very upset about the timeout usage. And he points out that the Chiefs were able to win their game because they had timeouts left. They didn't squander them throughout the game. A couple things on this. So part of this is a philosophical issue. On first and 10, the timeout is worth more than the five yards. Do not call the timeout. Take the delay of game, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers. You can make six, seven yards up on first down. It's second and eight. Yeah, you're behind the sticks. Trust your offense to go do the thing. That timeout, in most cases, is going to be more valuable. I've talked to the, the hard data people on this. The timeout, by and large, is more valuable. Now, at times, you know, early in the game or in a red zone situation, by the way, if you're going to score, if it's third and goal, those situations, a little different. Burn the timeout. You don't want to take the five yards. If it's third and goal at the one, you'd much rather have third and goal at the one than, than third and goal at the six. Or if it's third and goal at the six, you'd much rather have it be at the six than the 11. We've seen this play out for the Packers. Part of this is the play call. Part of this is Aaron Rodgers. He wants to get down, bleed that clock, see what the defense is in, try and make sure that they're in the best play possible and go. And sometimes that leads to issues. Now, some of it is also guys not lined up in the right spot. And, you know, you come out and you have a clunky call that has a million letters in it and words, and all of a sudden you're you're dealing with that. That's its own kind of issue, and, and maybe Matt LaFleur can can look at constricting some of that. Um, but I, it's, I do not think it will be a problem for Jordan Love, for example. So I guess I'll just leave it at that. All right, last question here, um, and we're going to do a lot more of these throughout the season, but we do have this um, championship game preview weekend to get to that I want to make sure we have time for. So um, last question for now, and we will do plenty more of these over the course of the offseason. This is from Andy Marcel on Twitter. Hey, Peter, first time, long time. I am unsure how to submit a question for the Mailbag Friday show. So here goes. Here you are, Andy. If Rodgers decides that he wants to start anew with another team, and he lets Gutekunst know his preference is Denver. What will that do to the leverage Green Bay has? If the league knows where he'd want to be, wouldn't that stun his trade value? I'll hang up and listen. Here's the thing. It's not his call. And so he can threaten to retire. Threatening to retire means the Packers can go after his guaranteed money. Because he's been paid money. For years that he will not play. He is not giving back that money. And so the threat of retirement. Is a. It, it is a hollow threat. So yes. If he tells Brian Gutekunst. I want out and I want you to send me to Denver. What the Packers can do is say. Okay Aaron. That's nice. We will send you to the team that gives us the best trade package. And that is what they will do. Now, that amplifies Denver's willingness. Hey, we, we think we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. So maybe that makes them a little more willing to, to part with pieces or put pieces in initial offers that they might not otherwise. It gets you to the, to the end offer quicker. But then everyone knows, hey, Aaron Rodgers is on the block. If we blow the Packers away with an offer, maybe we can get in on this too. Once it is, it is out there that Rodgers wants to be somewhere else, 
Brett Favre did not want to go to, to New York. But they sent him to New York. Almost specifically because he did not want to go there. Aaron Rodgers does not have a choice. If the Packers trade him to Carolina or to Cleveland or to wherever, he doesn't have a choice. He's got to go there. He could retire, but then if he's going to do that, it's, it is sort of an act of war in this case. And the Packers can go after his money. And as much money as he's made, he doesn't want to get back tens of millions of dollars. So the, the, the really the only thing that they can do is say, give us a list. And we'll see what we can do. And that's the best thing for both sides, if that's the situation that they're in. Now, we're a long way from that. But we'll see. We'll see. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I know I say this a lot, but I had one today. And you know I say it a lot because I had one today. And I have them often. I have them almost every day. Because either before or after I work out or in the morning... I just need something to eat that tastes delicious. And I have kids. I, it, I don't have time to cook all the time. So I need something that's going to fill me up, fiber, protein, that's going to fuel my body, fiber, protein, and is not going to drag me down. Low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs. That's what Built Bar brings. And there's so many flavors for you to choose from. I had the coconut brownie, which I almost forgot how good that is. Oh my goodness. I, I was like, did they send me the wrong, did they send me the batch with the sugar and the fat and the butter and like all the good stuff? Cause this can't, this can't be good for me. It tastes too good. I'm serious. It's so good. And they've got tons of other flavors, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie. If you haven't tried it, why not? And if you haven't tried it in a while, why not? Go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code locked 15 at built.com for 15% off. For the best tasting protein bar ever. Coming up, Championship Sunday is just days away, and we've got to punch two tickets to the Super Bowl. Who will serve as the reigning AFC and NFC champions for the year to come? We'll find out what each team still standing needs to do to earn a conference title on Locked On Now NFL. <laughs> Biggest games, the best performances, expert analysis. You are locked on now. You're listening to Locked On Now NFL, local experts on the biggest stories throughout the NFL. I'm your host, Kim Becker, and thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. Our Locked On NFL hosts are here to look ahead to the NFC and AFC championship games. Let's start where these teams are trying to get to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. They will host the Super Bowl in two weeks, but first, the Rams have to host the 49ers for the NFC crown. The biggest game. San Francisco 49ers fans don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo will be their starting quarterback next season, but they do know that he'll be under center to try to win his second NFC championship game in three years against the Rams on Sunday. With a chance to remain undefeated against the NFC in the postseason, our Locked On 49ers host says the key to a San Francisco victory is Jimmy G not making the big mistakes that could cost the Niners the whole game. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, former NFL and NFL defensive back Eric Crocker, and I am one 
half of the Locked On 49ers crew here to give you your 49ers main key to victory as they travel to Levi South and take on the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game. All right. I think this this game, it begins and ends with the play of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if I had to give just one main key victory here, it's Jimmy G. Don't turn the ball over. And if you do, just limit it. So right now, 49ers, the way I see it, Jimmy G, one turnover. That's all we're giving you. Just one. Anything more than that, it would be trouble for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so that's going to do it, man. I hope you guys appreciate that. Make sure you guys listen to our show as well, Locked On 49ers, the best show on the Locked On Network podcast. Let's go, 49ers. Win this game this Sunday. Matthew Stafford picked up his first playoff win just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's a win away from playing the biggest football game on the planet in the Rams home stadium. Our Locked On Rams host tells you how L.A. gets the veteran QB to the Super Bowl he's chased for 12 whole seasons. Hey, it's Travis Rogers from Locked On Rams. So here is the one key to victory this weekend for the Rams in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. Remember when you used to play with matches as a kid and maybe you'd get away with it once in a while and a couple of weeks, months, years later, you realize how bad of an idea that was that you could have burned the whole house down? That was the Rams in Tampa against the Bucks. They were playing with matches. They turned it over way too many times. Four turnovers in that game. Somehow they escaped. Somehow they beat Tom Brady despite turning it over four different times. If they're going to beat the Niners, they simply cannot do that. They might be able to get away with one. Two is probably the end of the wrap. And anything more than that, it is absolutely not going to happen for you there. You can check out more about the Los Angeles Rams on my podcast, Locked on Rams, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It is free and available on all platforms, your team, every day. The Kansas City Chiefs played the Cincinnati Bengals just a few weeks ago at the end of the regular season, and since he won. So how do the Chiefs make sure that that doesn't happen again with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line? Our Locked On Chiefs says a combination of learning from the mistakes of that game and keeping the momentum going from last week will add up to a big win. But he has more on the details. The AFC Championship game comes down to two things for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Patrick the Reaper Mahomes continue his run as we saw against the Bills? And can the Chiefs defense and its staff learn its lessons from the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm Ray Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and that's what it comes down to. You saw an extraordinary effort by the offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, to not only get to overtime, but then win it. They don't need to do that. They have to avoid it, in fact, in order to get this win against a team that is nearly as explosive. On the other side, you have to be careful if you're Steve Spagnuolo or anyone out there on the field on the defensive side of the ball to not overreact to what you saw the last time when Jamar Chase destroyed that secondary on a circus catch after circus catch. Tyron Matthew should be back and playing in this ballgame. That helps. You have to adjust and you have to play over the top and you have to try to take Chase and limit him, not take him away, because then you're devoting too many other resources to that and someone else is going to hurt you. I think they're going to play more zone. I think they have to back off and let Joe Mixon hurt them if he can. They'll live with that and that will get them the win. For more on this game and your Chiefs, check out Locked On Chiefs. We're free on every platform. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Joe Burrow took a beating last week as he fought his way into the AFC Championship game. And while Cincinnati does already have a win against Kansas City under its belt this season, our Locked On Bengals host says that the team can't get a second one if it doesn't keep its quarterback on his feet. Will the Bengals take down the Chiefs on Sunday in Kansas City and advance to the Super Bowl? Hi again, everyone. I'm James Rapine of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And that is the question going into this epic AFC championship game between two teams that played each other this month. They played each other on January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals came out victorious 34 to 31, overcoming three different 14 point deficits. I expect Sunday to be a different story. The Bengals can't fall behind against this Chiefs team by two scores and expect a rally on the road. But the number one key, protect Joe Burrow. Burrow was sacked nine times last week against the Titans. He was hit 13 times. And yeah, the offense had 19 points. Well, 19 points isn't going to cut it against Patrick Mahomes. The magic number, 40. If they can somehow get to 40, you feel good about their chances. How do they do that? They keep Joe Burrow upright. If they do that, he can distribute the ball to all of his weapons, including Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd in the Bengals just might sneak in to the Super Bowl. For more, make sure you check out the free and the only daily Bengals podcast, Locked on Bengals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. That's a wrap for us here. Thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every day. For more on the National Football League and your team, make your second listen Locked On NFL and your team's Locked On podcast. I'm Kim Becker. This has been Locked On Now, Locked On your team every day. All right, that was our preview of the conference championship weekend. Check out Locked On Now for a lot more. We'll be back next week as we head toward the Super Bowl. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And at any time you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.